Hey everybody and welcome to Cinema Snorkel. It's the podcast where we dive below the surface of the themes and ideas in movies. I'm Casey. And I'm Carlin. And we want to welcome you to a very extra, super special bonus episode of the podcast. Our season wrap-up, season review. We're starting a fresh new year. Carlin, welcome. Thanks, Case. Man, it's been a year. Well, it hasn't really been a year, but this is the end of our season, and I'm a little teary-eyed looking back on all the many memories we've made right here. Do you want to explain for our listeners why we're choosing to end the season right here and now as opposed to like later or something? Yeah. Well, you came up to me and you're like, hey, what if we did like a a season (laughs) wrap-up? And I was like, oh, yeah, let's do that. We could like talk about the podcast and then close the season is that yeah essentially there for? is no reason <laughs> <laughs> we just decided we we're like we we're like yeah this this is a season i feel good about this being a season who gets to call you? it a season who decides the measurement of a season it does feel right because we're at how many episodes 18 it's it feels like a good why didn't we stop it Round, at 20? It's not, a, it's not a prime number. It's not a multiple of five. It's 18 episodes. I don't know. It's like 18 holes of golf, Casey. It's perfect. <laughs> that's, that's what we were going for. Yeah. We, we played the front nine in the spring and somewhere around the summer, we played the back yeah. nine. So We started this in April, right? You know, now we're going to show how dumb we really are because <laughs> we're going to have to remember all these details and I don't remember, but let's look back at the calendar. It was either April or it was March. And you know what? It was March because that's when I had spring break. Yeah. And you came to Florida and we did our photo shoot where we wore snorkel masks. I got water in my snorkel and I'm like, <coughs> there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than that. Thumb screws. Thumb screws are worse. What is a thumb screw? It's a medieval torture device where they put your thumb in a screw and they screw it. I guess that would be worse. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's way worse. Take it from me. Um, (laughs) All that to say, sometime in the spring, we decided to embark on this podcast. But Carla, we've been chewing on this idea for a long time. Yeah. I would say its inception came from just watching movies together. Yeah, totally. And I was going to say for you, where where was the genesis of Cinema Snorkel? So I remember when we were watching, we were in Colorado and we watched the great classic, The Devil Wears Prada. And you had never seen it, which is weird because yeah, but I, weird. I remember watching that movie and always knowing that it was a gem of a movie. But the conversation we had afterwards um you you asked what do you think this movie's trying to say and um i was like well don't be like meryl streep's character and do be like andy but then you pushed back and you were like no this is really a story about andy um who is afraid of becoming like her horrible boss but the lesson she learns is you've got to take responsibility she's got to step up to the plate and anyways we we're not snorkeling this movie right now but we should in the future we should come on let's do it but i remember walking away going huh i've seen this movie like 15 times and i'd never noticed that before but one little question that you asked was able to unlock and and it turned a fantastic movie into an unbelievably fantastic movie for me yeah and I just, I was parroting what I got in my, uh, I did a year mm. of study at Oxford University and emerged Whoa. with a certificate. 
Of which I'm proud. Is that why you wear your your robes and your hat around all the time? Because you want to look like an Oxford student? I do get a lot of questions about wearing my sub-fusk robes around. Yeah, that's what they call it. They call it Harry Potter commissioning also. (laughs) (laughs) Matriculation. Matriculation. Um, Into the Michaelmas Into the Michaelmas, Hillary, and Trinity terms. Whatever. Um, The point of that is one of my tutors at Oxford who's probably a genius i I, i'd say he qualifies for this for Mm. that term he just was like a film philosopher and he Mm. opened my mind to the possibility of just asking like just simple questions that are so easy you wouldn't think to ask them about movies like you notice something and you go why did they have that for example inception when they walk in the basement and they show people deep in the dream and they mm-hmm. show, you know, the IV bags hanging from the ceilings. Why did they have that scene? Right. Is it just world building? Is it just to fill out the color of the context? Or is it pointing towards a message? Because everything in movies is there on purpose. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's done with the same amount of excellence in every movies. But someone, a, a prop person or a director or an actor, mm-hmm. everyone chose to do something that ended in the movie. And that mm-hmm. happened for reasons. And those reasons if it's a good movie and it's well done, point to the ideas behind it. So anyway, my mind was just open to that. So I don't even think I was trying to like be profound. I don't think I had anything profound to say about Devil Wears Prada. I just wanted to ask the questions about it, I'm sure, that time. But that's the whole thing, right? We've been saying this from the genesis of this podcast, but I've even had to learn it in the process where we'll watch a movie, like some of our favorite episodes, we're like, oh, what are we going to say? Like, remember we watched The Bad Guys? (laughs) We're the only two people on earth that watch that movie. (laughs) No, no one's seen it. And we're like... (laughs) <laughs> we're like uh i don't know what we're gonna say why don't we do a different episode but then we're like let's just do it like ask the question see what happens and it turned out to be one of my favorites because i feel like we had found some really interesting um themes and Absolutely. had a good conversation about it Absolutely. that's happened to me multiple times on this podcast i would say that's happened every time we've done a podcast i felt iffy about some of these but you're like you've often been like let's just do it let's just ask the questions Mm -hmm. and i think it's sometimes when i come in without actually knowing fully what the themes are that i walk away feeling like i learned something or just expanded the horizons of what a movie is i don't know it's kind of the art of just enjoying movies well yeah hopefully that's what we're helping people realize that they can do too because i do want to say it could be a little tedious uh It's like going to see a play with a theater person or going to see a movie with a film person or going to see anything with a that kind of thing person and they won't stop analyzing it, you know, and they're just like they're in their head about all the technical stuff. And you're like, can we just enjoy the movie? Like, I don't think the filmmakers meant to make a movie for filmmakers. They meant to make it for an audience. Audience, yeah. There's something to be said for just enjoying a movie and sometimes what the film says to you or imparts to you doesn't need to be cataloged and it doesn't need to be put into prose. But I just have found that it's easy to take a passive role as an audience member and I want to get the full benefit of the movie. And by training my mind to think in this way and to ask these questions, you get more out of it um, when you dissect it a little bit. The analogy that's coming to my mind is uh, like being a sommelier. Oh, yeah. uh, Someone who tastes wine professionally. First of all, because with any good wine, you got to let it breathe. And your goal first before passing judgment is just to taste it. Mm. You got to taste the wine. You know, you like you try to have a neutral taste in your mouth 
and you sip it and you let it breathe and you swish around the glass, blah, blah, blah. And you're just taking it in. Yeah. And we've done that poorly. I know we've done that poorly <laughs> at times. But just so listeners know, that's our goal, to let it breathe and let the, let the movie just do what the movie's trying to do first. Uh, but the other thing I was going to yeah. say is I have a dear friend who is a sommelier. I don't think she said this line exactly, but I'm sure she would agree with it. If you drink a box of two buck chuck, you know, you go to the store, you just get a box of wine. It's okay to enjoy that wine. Not all wine has to be mm-hmm. like prime vintage, you know. Part of wine tasting is just enjoying wine in whatever form it might take. Some wines are better than others, that's for sure. But I feel like this is true of most of the best experts that I know or read about or see. They don't lapse into snobbery. They truly retain just that love of the game that they came into it with first. I'm sure it changes, you know, for people at the top of their game in any number of fields, cooking or wine tasting mm-hmm. or whatever, but they retain that uh, first love a little bit. It's why Anton Ego from Ratatouille is actually a bad food Yeah. Critic. He, doesn't, he doesn't enjoy food. He lives in a coffin-shaped Your room for crying out loud. for someone who likes food. Roasted! I don't like food. I love it. <laughs> I don't know why the McDonald's, but I, but I'm with you. That that was yeah. Well, uh, snaps. <laughs> Is that a McDonald's commercial you've been like I've piloting been in your head? that around. Yeah, if Disney were ever to acquire uh, McDonald's. McDonald's, anyone could cook, even Ronald McDonald. Yeah. What about you, Case? Like, tell me some, what are your memories about po- starting this oh, podcast? Um, I remember one Christmas we watched the Polar Express and had a very similar conversation. Oh, yeah. Beforehand, assumed was like an inch deep. Totally. And some people might still say it's an inch deep, but I think you and I walked away thinking, there's more to this. There's more to the Polar Express than meets the True eye. True art. I think we were just <laughs> trying to really like, okay, but really, what are they trying to do here? Because... Yeah. Polar Express, whatever. We're not snorkeling Polar Express. Maybe we will someday. Apparently, it's a very polarizing topic among Christmas movie fans. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Yeah. I'm all aboard, uh, as for myself. That's Yeah, that's right. So we'll engineer a podcast about the Polar Express at some point. Okay, we're getting off track. Let's get back to... Stop (laughs) Stop it. There's too much of this. Too many puns. You know, it's fun to look back to not a year ago, but like coming up on a year ago when we were making this podcast happen. It's both easier than I thought it'd be and more difficult. Editing these suckers Mm. is uh, a labor of love. Because it's yes. just you and me. We're doing everything here. We're editing. We're yeah. Doing, we post and so it. people know we record like four hours of content and then edge it down. It no, down. Don't you wish you knew it, what we, we were saying the whole time? <laughs> oh. No, that's not true. We do, we do do a fair bit of editing though. Yeah. I do a fair bit of editing. And then one time you had to do it and you realized how hard it was. And then you said, I'm never doing that okay. again. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. No. I do a lot of editing too. Okay, but what I do want to tell people that they might not know this, and we've been, it's like our little secret, and now if you guys are listening to this and you're really true listeners of Cinema Snorkel, snorkelers. All 30 of you, you God bless you. I know, we love you. We love you, Mom. Is is that Casey is our very own in-house composer. 
shucks. All the crafty little tunes and jingles you've heard on this podcast come straight from the keyboard slapping fingers of Casey. Keyboard slapping fingers. Why don't you just give us a little sample so we can enjoy knowing now where that comes from. Okay. Ah, so good. What's funny is that uh, I have no skills, but anyone on GarageBand, if you have a MIDI, can can make this kind of thing. Well, and when you say no skills, you mean also like 14 years of piano and guitar and musical experience. You have you it's, actually do have some skills. It's way worse when you say it like that because <laughs> this is this should not be the product of 14 years <laughs> of piano, you know, like this. But it is fun. I I get like kind of in a mode where I'm like, "Oh, you know what would be funny is if I like did a a spoof of the Indiana Jones soundtrack. Yeah. And so like on a plane, I made that one and I called it Indiana's scones. Play play that one. Play that one for the people. Let us hear it. Okay. Here's Indiana's scones. No one's going to be impressed by this. No one's impressed by that. And then I made one called uh, Jurassic Stuff. And then we played that in the back of the Jurassic. But I think I'm mostly proud of just our Cinema Snorkel theme song. It's catchy. It's pretty catchy. And do you want to, what's it called? Tell everyone. What oh, it's, it's called, called Jelly Beach. Yeah, he played this for me, and I was like, "Where did you, where'd you find this? Where'd you buy this for? You know, how much, how much royalties are we paying for this? None royalties. That's right, absolutely none. Why pay royalties yeah, we own when you're it. already a king? Am I right, kings? <laughs> so, yes, thank you for that shout out. But it's a labor of love, and we mostly, Carla and I, just say we're doing this because we're having fun yeah. with it. But also, I do think it's valuable, and I think that keeps me coming back again and again, because films are. Like all art, they force us to deal, if they're good art, they force us to deal with the questions of real life. Nothing's just Mm -hmm. pure escapism. I think you've said that Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. more profoundly than I am. I just love it. I love seeing and like diagnosing a little bit of like where culture's at, of just seeing the creations of actors and actresses and producers and directors and writers. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to keep me coming back for another season if not a million other seasons. Signing up for this right now, a million seasons? A million. Ready to shake my hand? If each season counts as a fourth of an episode, I think we're still not going to make enough no, to we're do not. a million seasons before we die. <laughs> if Whatever. a million was the seconds of recording time, then we still wouldn't make it. We're still not even close. Speaking of, Casey, do you know how many minutes we've recorded? No, do you? I do. What? How many minutes? I do, and the number is eight. Why don't you guess? <laughs> uh, uh, eight. <laughs> You're off to a good start. No, not eight. Eight. I'm going to say 80 hours. Uh, no, 881 minutes. <laughs> 
which is how many hours I'm going to I was going to ask you to do that. <laughs> I'm to buy 60. We're so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Why, Carlin, that's 13 hours of content. Oh, which is crazy because we've released... 18 um, episodes. 18 episodes. Remember? Like, now, is it 17 and our intro or is it oh, 18? You know what? It is 17 in our intro. But our intro combined with this year end review could equal one episode, like the bookend episodes. Totally. Yeah, totally. So. Carlin, do you know what our top streamed episode is? I don't. Shall I guess? Please. Um, Probably Lord of the Rings, right? Nope. That's a negative, <sighs> Chief. What is it? It's... Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which was the very first one we ever yeah. recorded and released. What's wrong with you people? Why did you listen to that one the most? It's, it's not even that good. I know. Carlin, you were recording <laughs> on your Samsung phone. Whatever. I was. No. You know what, though? I think that episode came out the week that the movie came out. Like Somehow we had a really fast turnaround and people were watching, at least a lot of our our friends and family were watching that movie and being like kind of dumbstruck by heck? how strange it was. They're like, what is this? And I think um, hearing some commentary on it immediately after watching it, people seem to need that or want that. Yeah. So. Timeliness is good. But our second yeah. most streamed episode, other than the intro, is Inception. <gasps> I know. Your favorite. Shocking. Your favorite. Yeah, what do you what do you attribute to that? Because that was twelve episodes in, and yet it's risen to the charts to be our yes, second most downloaded. Well, it's just such a good movie, and I think everyone's seen it, and everyone's had an Inception conversation with their friends, totally. you know. And I think it's just it's something that will never die. It's chewy, Carlin. What what about your process? Is there anything about uh, your process of like dissecting movies that's changed over the course of us doing this? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, because it isn't always that simple, right? Like we start with that question and that is great. But sometimes I'm watching a movie or even reading a book or a song or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I have no idea. Like I have no idea, but I have a follow-up question that I like to ask. Um, and I find that this helps me. I just go through each of the main characters and I ask, what is their primary motivation? Hmm. What is driving them to action? And I find that that kind of lays open because from then you can kind of intuit is this a noble desire is this a noble call to action or are they doing something that you wish they weren't for instance i just finished uh watching wednesday the tv show mm. and um even though she's all she's an atom so she's all kind of creepy and macabre but she wants to solve the murder and and save the school and so on one hand, you're like, okay, good. That's a good motivation. But she's hurting people along the way. And you realize that she is so worried about saving the day that her her main goal is actually to be the hero and not to actually protect her friends because she's putting her friends in danger in order to save the school. Mm. So now I know her true motivation. She's actually more of an anti-hero. And anyways, that helped me to kind of understand what was going on in that movie. Oh, that's so good. Do you ever find that you don't know w truly what's happening or where the filmmakers are going with something until the ending? Yes, there yes, there are movies like that. What what do you have one in mind? I was thinking about Wakanda Forever. Yeah. They raise so many interesting questions about nations and you know like what rights do indigenous people have or like what mm -hmm. like is it okay like how far is it okay to go to sort of stake out one's claim as an indigenous nation i mean that's like a theme throughout that yeah for me i didn't know where they were going with all that complexity until they landed the plane at the end of wakanda forever whereas in some movies you feel like you know where they're going like the whole time you're like okay waiting for yeah. them to resolve this key tension yeah like 
everyone knows where Avatar, the first one, the 2009 right, original right, Avatar, right. there's no mystery about what, you know, what they're trying to say in that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun to watch. I mean, it's a great movie. It's really entertaining. Yeah. Tell me about your process. I just feel like I need to ask more and more questions. I think if I ever get stuck, one thing that's always mm. really helped me is just to ask another question. Like what? What's an example? What questions could I ask myself? That's a that's a great that's a great example. <laughs> uh, yeah, remember back in Encanto where we were talking about Mirabelle and what's her deal? I think that one has puzzled me. When I first watched Encanto, mm. I was like, "There's vibes here," and I can't quite put my finger on what those vibes are. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. So I asked myself, yeah, is Mirabelle uh, the hero or the villain? Well, what's her motivation, right? You can start there and you walk her whole story. I think one question I was tempted to ask is, are they being fair to the grandmother? Mm. But right then and there, that's that's closer to our third question. Like, what does our worldview Mm. say about it? And if I ever try to leap to that, I come away with really tinny sounding you know, sort of canned conclusions. Right, or just confusing. Like we get a little muddled when we do that. So I think a better question to ask in Encanto would be, well, what is the grandma's character arc? It's really a story of how the grandma changes and less about how Mirabelle changes and it's more about how her grandmother comes around to realize that everyone in the family has value and that sometimes you can break people by pushing them too hard to uphold this like standard of perfection. And then I think what we want to do is ask, okay, how does that map onto reality? Like, is that an accurate picture of what's going on? Does that line up with Christianity and the ultimate truth that we believe in? And, you know, pros and cons to that one in particular. I liked a lot about Encanto, but I do think it reflected a implicit theme because I think that's for me where some of these themes come home is like, they're not trying to hit you with it, but it's in there nonetheless. Right. It's an implicit theme that kids can basically challenge the status quo of their family and be in the right more right. often than they're in the wrong. That's a heavy theme in Disney right now. Oh, and of all time, basically. It's implicit, meaning that the filmmakers aren't probably putting that on their storyboard. Right. It's an assumption that they're all starting from, and then they're saying something based off right. of that. Interesting. Very interesting. So, Case, what do you think, um, speaking of our third question, which is the Christian worldview, do you feel like you've learned anything about God from watching movies this year? Yeah. I mean, I would say I've been reminded about things about God because I want to be clear that like, what we know about God or what we say we can know about God comes only from, I would say, mm-hmm. his written word, which is anchored in the historical person mm-hmm. of Jesus you know, the central question of Christianity is, was Jesus who he said he was? Because if the answer to that is yes, then we can know specific things Mm. about God. So Christians would say that's the difference between general revelation, sort of what what do I see when I look Mm -hmm. out at the world versus special revelation? Has God communicated anything to Mm. us specifically? I want to be careful because there's a piece of me, Carlin, that wants to go to movies for my spiritual formation. Interesting. And I think I think that's a problem. I don't think that's a that's yeah. good practice. What I need to do is evaluate movies in light of that which I know to be true about God from the person mm. of Jesus. And so I think I've appreciated actually the ways that all movies are wrestling with real mm. human questions and how empty they would be as a source of really grounding yourself in what is ultimately mm. true. Mm-hmm. I think they call out to us and you go, ah, yes, this is so good. But at best, it's a reminder. 
or a new angle on something that that we need to find the truth of elsewhere. Like I need a matrix by which to evaluate the messages that are coming at me from media and entertainment. Otherwise I, I slip into this again and I think that's just kind of a, a personal wrestle. Like I need my spiritual disciplines to be better. I need to spend more time in the word. When I do that, I actually feel like I appreciate mm. movies better and I'm able to discern the truth better. But yeah, I would just say, I think that links to another area for me, which is realizing that scripture really does speak to every conceivable aspect of human life. Hmm. We have found, I mean, answers in the Bible or in our Christian worldview for all of these complex questions that have arisen. Would you say that that's true? I would say yes, but not to misunderstand that to say the Bible has something to say about every topic because it doesn't. But what it does do is it points you towards not only wisdom, but the source of wisdom. And we know the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So if your approach is, I'm going to open my magic ball Bible and find some answers, you're not going to find them. You're going to be really weirded out and frustrated and confused. But if you read the Bible as if it's a story. Yeah. If you read it as if it's a story that is true, but is presented as a story. A story about a person that right. you can meet. You, right. He's here. He's God. He's knowable. And he has this book for you to like get to know him better. Totally. Well, when Jesus wants us to know what he's like, he tells stories. He tells parables. Hmm. Stories are right at the center of our faith. And so... You know, it is reminding me, Carlin, you need to do what's called good exegesis on scripture. And it really falls along the same lines as watching movies well. You let Mm. the story breathe. You don't ask, what does this mean to me first? You ask first, what did it mean to its original audience? Just what does it mean in general? What are the themes? What are the implicit themes that are happening here? You let scripture tell you the story that it's trying to tell you. And then and only then do you bring your own life to bear on it. And that has exploded my experience of scripture as well. I think I read scripture more vibrantly and I watch movies more vibrantly now. And exegesis, what you're saying, entails understanding the cultural context, the historical context. Just like, you know, when we watch Raiders of the Lost Ark or a movie that's a little bit older, we made kind of allowances for the time it was made in and we tried to understand what is it trying to say to its audience. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Within the stories that scripture's telling, which are true, uh, according to the genre and the author's intention, right? Like, right. Um, so that's not to say we should read it literalistically, you know, right. like, like as if it's a security camera feed of what happened. Yeah. He's got the whole world in his hands. Well, I don't see any hands. I've been in space. <laughs> in fact, one of the first astronauts, I think it was a Russian astronaut who went to space, looked around and he's like, I see no evidence of God out here. I would say that's a categorical error we've made then at that point. You know what I mean? But yeah, when you let scripture speak as it's intended to, as it's aware that it's doing, Mm -hmm. I think it it provides the answers and sort of that plumb line and the anchor by which you can evaluate other worldviews. Mm -hmm. And I love that. That's just fun. That's a life-giving process to me. I love doing this podcast with you, Carl. High five, virtual. A virtual high five. Keep it up. So, Case... In conclusion, since we're reflecting back on the season, do you have a favorite episode this that we've recorded this year? Yeah. I I mean, so on one hand, I really love doing Lord of the Rings. I think mm-hmm. that's my favorite 
you know, those are my favorite films ever. That was, I, that was cool. But I was actually going to say my favoritest episode of Cinema Snorkel was uh-huh. definitely when we recorded on Jurassic World <gasps> Dominion. Because yeah. we just, that was just fun. I think that was fun. I think when we see a film and we're okay to make fun of it a little bit. Make fun of it? What? W- no, I mean, I'm sorry. I it meant respect it. favorite. When we can review and revere a movie like that, <laughs> it's just a blast. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when we really liked it and, and really recommend it to all our friends. Totally. Totally. Ask me. Carlin, what was your favorite episode that we did? Um, the Batman. <gasps> really? Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Why is yeah, that? Yeah. Because I had no idea what was going on in the movie. <laughs> 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 I was just like, wow, there's some dark rain clouds. But it was cool because in that conversation, I felt like you explained. <laughs> I just, I just missed it. Um, but it was fun to have revelation after revelation in the course of that recording and go, oh. Oh, that's what this movie's about. Gosh, I don't really remember what we said about the Batman, but I remember being so dialed in for all three hours of that cinematic experience. (laughs) You look down and there's a puddle of drool in your lap. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys, tell us what your favorite episode is because our egos need a little bit of a boost. Yeah, pamper our egos. Tell us how good we are. We kid, but also I do want to say thank you to our listeners because um, several of you guys have reached out over the course of this season and said some really kind things. And we want you to know that means a lot. Um, We have fun doing this. We would be having these conversations even if they weren't recorded. But when we get to share them and you guys like like to listen to them, that just encouraging to us. So if if you like Cinema Snorkel, let us know. We'll keep making it. Um, We're having a blast. So we're not going anywhere. Yep. Thanks for listening. All right, we'll catch you guys in our next, next season. Se- oh, season two. Cinema season Snorkel. Two. Season two. We'll be kicking it off with Avatar, The Shape of the Water. The Shape of Water, which took us forever to see and record. My bad. That's on me. That's Casey's also, bad. Also, it's The Way of Water, not The Shape of Water. Whatever. Um, the, the Shape, shape of, of Water is totally Avatar different two, movie. The Shape of You, <laughs> <laughs> featuring Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.